Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. We're here with the Anders Heilsberg. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the reason that we're laughing is because we, you know, we're talking about being famous before the yes. show. And I asked him if he gets this at home. Would the Anders Heilsberg please pass the salt? Because <laughs> I get that for my wife. <laughs> and uh, oh well, we're going to have a great talk here. But first, we got a little thing to do called Better Know a Framework. All right, buddy, what do you got? Well, this is a very cool YouTube video. Uh, it's a holographic Cortana appliance by Jerome Archer. Wow. And essentially what he did was he created a, a Pepper's Ghost hologram that uses Windows 10's native Cortana experience. So if you don't know what Pepper's Ghost is, this is a classic illusion where you have two rooms. You have one with dark light and you have one with that's well lit. And the, the person is standing in the, uh, the well-lit room, and then there's a piece of plexiglass or glass that's at an oh, angle, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you project, essentially, this, the person into it. It looks like they're floating. Yeah. So it's classic illusion, Pepper's Ghost. Nice. And, and, and this is like this little box that uh, looks like this woman, the envisionment of Cortana, like Halo, yeah, you know, Halo is, is standing in space. But it's his wife. He did a... He did a, he says, my lovely wife endured, you know, motion capture with two connects. And he put the whole thing together uh, and, and, you know, the net result is that quote unquote Cortana. Right. You know, when he asks what's the weather, Cortana walks out into this hologram base and, you know, waves her arms and the weather thing pops up. It's just so cool. It's very cool. And we, it just- I'd buy that. It speaks to how innovative these geeks are, the developers that use this technology, putting all these weird things together and making something awesome like yeah, that. That is very neat. I that love is fine, it. man. Yeah, thanks. Cool. So who's talking to us today, Richard? I uh, grabbed a comment off of show 1314, which you did back in June of 2016 with Mads Targensen. You may know this man. Uh, talking about C-Sharp 7, and that was at NDC Oslo, we had that conversation. And Simon Axelson had this comment and question, really. He said, during my 30-minute lunch breaks, I normally take a walk and listen to the first part of the .NET Rocks episode. Today, I had to do an extra lap just so that I could hear the entire show. That's a compliment. Mm. I work at a C-Sharp shop, but I'm very much an F-Sharp enthusiast, and now it seems that many of the delightful things that I can do with F-Sharp can be done in C-Sharp as well. Other commenters on this show are afraid that C-Sharp is going to go in the wrong direction by including so many features that have the F-Sharp smell. <laughs> I'm doing air quotes for that. Yeah. On the other hand, at work, F-Sharp is really a no-go. But no one is going to give me a hard time if I use the F-Sharp features in C-Sharp. Right. At the end of the show, you discuss C-Sharp versus VB.net. And Matt suggested that you have the project manager for VB on the show as well, which we definitely will do. Yep. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to that show as well, but I'm also interested to hear from a project manager for F-Sharp. Mm -hmm. Since C-Sharp is becoming ever more functional, and F-Sharp being a functional first, but not pure functional, is the role of F-Sharp declining. And thanks for the great show. I think that's a stretch. It, Anders, yeah, please, it is a stretch. I, I know we haven't introduced you yet, but I think everybody knows you're here. Uh, any <laughs> comments on this? Um, well, I think, you know, every language sort of has its center of gravity. Do, mm -hmm. do, do you know what I mean? And yeah. C-sharp definitely sprung out of the object-oriented era, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. really its, its nature. And then, 
you know, as a as a language designer, over time you try to stretch as much as you can mm -hmm. and and, and, While and still incorporate, being loyal incorporate, to the core. but but you really can't deny your 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 true heritage, right? I mean, you see sharpness. I mean, at that point, you <laughs> you know, then it just becomes a, a, an exercise in in confusion, right? I mean, right. which way should I go? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, at every at every juncture, there's like two ways. Yes. Right, and and so so C sharp will always be an object-oriented language. Yes. But but there are a lot of concepts from functional programming that have a fantastic relevant place in even yeah. in object-oriented programming, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. lambdas or, yeah. or like for example, right? Yep. And pattern matching and link, you know, and and all of that stuff is um, is stuff that we borrowed from languages like like F sharp. Sure. Um, but I think we're very cognizant of not trying to create a schizophrenic language yes. either. You know, yeah. we, we want to be we want to be true to, to where we are, but then we want to borrow all the the best that we can mm -hmm. from from elsewhere yeah. and, and still but still have the feel of C sharp. Yeah. Right. And you I, know I, what I mean? I think that, Simon made a really powerful point here of like, yeah, the company's not comfortable having F sharp inside the, inside of the applications within the company. But now that I have these functional capabilities in C Sharp, I get to use them. So right. he still gets to think that way, right. but he sticks to that language. Right. But right. I don't think that impairs F Sharp in any way. But the right. concept of not wanting a language in an app, to me, is just smacks of you know, irresponsibility, well. I think. You, you do what is needed to be done to, to get the results that you need. Well, I can see it both ways. I mean, mm -hmm. I really can. It's, it's like if, let's say you had like both C-sharp and VB and F-sharp in the app just because it was fun, right? I mean, the poor next person who's going to maintain that yeah. app is not going to have an easy time, right? Yeah, and, I and guess it's, that's true. It's, it's, it's tough uh, to, to so, so there's always, there's a, there's a balancing act there. But I, but I do think if you're, a, if you're a .NET shop and you do a lot of numerical analysis or AI or ML or, or whatever. You know, F-sharp is a very, very yeah, meaningful sure. option yeah. that, that merits a closer look. I, um, I, yeah, I and there's a that. tremendous uh, amount of activity around F-sharp. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes. I, I think... Lot, very great community forum there. I think that the true open sourcing of F-sharp is really what has set it free. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Because, because it, 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 it was, I mean, it was harder for F-sharp to move into, into that space when it was only on Windows, right? Mm. But now that we have .NET Core and that we're yeah. that that cross-platform is the name of the game, you know, F# -sharp has seen a, a huge resurgence. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And it's it's really wonderful, you know. Yeah. That, that um, give me one second here, Anders. Simon. I you heard it from the man. What more could you yeah, ask for? Right. Except a .NET Rocks mug, and a .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media because we publish every show to Facebook and Google Plus. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And definitely follow us on Twitter. I'm at Carl Franklin. He's at Rich Campbell. Send us a tweet. We stuff ghost peppers with them. <laughs> See what I did there? Peppers, ghost, ghost peppers. <laughs> okay. That's hot. Those are hot. Yeah. That's really hot. Don't eat ghost peppers. Right, well, they'll leave a mark. Yes. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Uh, let's formally introduce Anders. Anders Heilsberg is a technical fellow in the developer division. He's an influential creator of development tools and programming languages, the chief designer of the C-sharp programming language, and a key participant in the development of the Microsoft.NET framework. Since its initial release in 2000, the C-sharp programming language has been widely adopted and is now standardized by ECMA and ISO. 
And, you know, that was a while ago, so we should probably <laughs> update that bio. Yeah, I think there's a, you've got, an, you've got an old bio there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, before his work on C-sharp and the .NET framework, Anders was an architect for Visual J++ development, the Windows Foundation classes, and before Microsoft, he was one of the first employees of Borland. As a principal engineer, he was the original author of Turbo Pascal, a revolutionary integrated development environment, and the chief architect of its successor, Delphi. Right. And now, do you prefer Delphi or Delphi? I always said Delphi, but Delphi. Uh, but, Delphi. but some people say Delphi. I'll yeah, say no, Delphi. The, the Brits say Delphi. It seems. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. I've definitely yeah. found yeah the Brits. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah, uh, and of course now I work on TypeScript also. That's yeah. right. Which was not in, in there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, TypeScript. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And just one more thing. Yeah, we've had the, we've had a few of the Angular folks on. They talk, they wax poetic about how much TypeScript has made yeah. sustainable JavaScript, like enterprise. Uh -huh. Let's call it enterprise class JavaScript. Like sure, you know, what mm. it takes to actually build robust, scalable, reliable, scalable, scalable JavaScript. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. people put a lot of demands on tools like Angular. It's it's, it's as close as you can get to C sharp in the browser. Mm -hmm. I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> Is, would, was there an inspiration there to let to help C sharp people be great at JavaScript? Well, I mean, you can't deny your heritage, right? Yeah, sure. yes. I mean, and so if, if you, I mean, to, to, there will, I, no matter where I go, I will always take a piece of C sharp with me and mm -hmm. a piece yeah. of Turbo Pascal and Delphi and and, and, and whatever, right? But the .j++? But I think, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, that was a shorter lived, uh, <laughs> but it was fun. It was, sure. it was a lot of fun. It was. Um, but I think. You know, when we started, it's actually been now uh, six, almost seven years uh, since we started thinking about TypeScript. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and I think uh, at the time we realized, and, and perhaps we realized that before a lot of other people, that JavaScript was really going to blow up and, sure. and, and, and get big uh, because the world was going from a, from a very homogenous place of, you know, hey, it's Windows everywhere, right, to yes. a very heterogeneous place mm -hmm. uh, in a very rapid pace. And people needed to write browser apps, they needed to write desktop apps, mm -hmm. they needed to write mobile apps, they needed to write server apps, and very, very few languages could go everywhere, sure. right, yeah. with a first-class experience. And JavaScript is one of those very few. Mm -hmm. I, I always um, felt that the, the battle between the Chrome and the IE teams, the Chakra engine, the V8 engine, and they, they got so dramatically better oh, over a few iterations. It's amazing. Suddenly mm -hmm. JavaScript I mean, ran th like that, the wind. That's the other thing that, that you know, in, in, in the past decade, you know, the perf of JavaScript has probably gone up uh, two orders of magnitude, sure. yeah. right? Mm -hmm. and. You know, if someone had told me, like I often joke, you know, like 10 years ago, that Anders, in five years, you're going to be writing compilers and development tools in JavaScript, <laughs> I would have gone, that is, that is insane. <laughs> that of course I'm not. <laughs> well, no, and here did. I am doing this my day job. Yeah, right? that's and, and these tools are not, these are not tools that you laugh at either. I mean, mm -hmm. these are real serious, serious tools. That the kind of stuff that we do in TypeScript's type system is. Probably more advanced than any type system I have ever seen in, in any other programming language. It's it's really quite fantastic yeah. that what what's possible in JavaScript and the entire Visual Studio Code IDE is written in TypeScript. Wow! And how, how runs do you as JavaScript? Right. How do you feel about C Sharp's influence on the ECMA standards? You know the things that they're doing look now look very C Sharpy. Yeah. 
JavaScript starting. Um, the new JavaScript looks well, like I, I mean, I think the one thing that 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 perhaps influenced there was. I mean, there's a couple of things like classes, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say that that was just C sharp. No, no, right? sure. I mean, Java has classes too. Every everything has classes, right? No, but and async await. Async await was definitely <laughs> one of the contributions that I I think we can chalk up to C yeah, sharp. I, I mean, that's so. where it made its debut, and then I mean, the C sharp team built that uh, yep. that that capability, right? And uh, yeah, and it's now standardized and implemented in all of the JavaScript VMs. Uh, yeah. And it's a, it's a wonderful feature. It's a wonderful feature. I mean, it's actually almost a, an even better fit in, in JavaScript because right. JavaScript is heavily call-back-based uh, call, right. uh, call because right. there's only a single thread of execution in JavaScript. So there is no concurrency other than <laughs> cooperative multitasking and that Wow. Typically means callbacks, right? And I so, think you so just gave me Windows three chills, just like that. <laughs> cooperative multitasking. There was, well, you know, there was preemptive and there's cooperative, yes. right? I mean, so so. There yeah, was a while yeah. there when the number one question on Stack Overflow is, why I'm using jQuery and I'm getting all these threading errors. What the heck is going on here? You know, what's a thread? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, there are no threads in JavaScript, right. but honestly, it's well, well there are web workers, right? But, but but they are yeah. well. So there's asynchronous workflows, yeah. uh, and then there are web workers. But web workers are really more like isolated processes because they yeah. don't share data, and so the only way you get data to a web worker is you marshal it. Um, mm. And honestly, in some ways, it's very liberating because I I will say the one thing that I I think probably both for Java and .NET and C Sharp has caused a lot of pain over the years is the combination of free threading and yeah. mutability. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, th th that is a very, it's a very powerful cocktail, but it's also a very dangerous cocktail. Yeah. You know, and, and, and sort of running out and telling everybody, oh, just spin up threads and have side effects and it's yeah, all yeah, gonna be yeah. wonderful, or locks and semaphores. Yeah, and oh, jeez. It's tough. It's, you know, it's and so tough. so I, I at now in my older years here, I always tell people, you know, you can have, you can have one of the two, but not both. You can have yeah. immutability yeah. and a single thread of, or, or you can have mutability and side effects and a single thread of execution, or right, you can right. have immutability and concurrency. Mm -hmm. Right. Be Not really, really careful about yes. mixing uh, mutability and concurrency. I, I remember the guy who taught me multi-threaded programming 25, maybe 30 years ago, kind of yeah. getting old, saying, this is extremely complicated and difficult stuff, and you can't do it well enough. Well, don't, the, the, the thing that's, that's really difficult about it is that, that it really is almost like quantum physics at some point, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can't reason you can't about test it. it. And you, you can't, can't test it, it, and it's yeah. like 999 times, uh, you it, know, it works. it works, and then there's that one time, but one in a million but then times. If it you can try fail. to replicate, <laughs> it's yeah. not reproducible. I it goes the other way, right? Yeah, you <laughs> so have, you, yeah, you have, it, and I've told this story before, but it's the, the classic one where I, I was dealing with a database deadlock only in production at the highest velocities of the system. Yeah, you know, it's that that 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. runtime, and could not figure out where the deadlock was happening. Couldn't get the programmers to just code around it find the deadlock, get rid of it. So I finally instrument the server in production to do full logging to find this deadlock. Deadlock doesn't happen. Yeah. Right? And so yep. the devs are like, well, <laughs> leave it on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, right. It's fixed. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. But it's that, it, it's, it's, Check. it's very observer quantum. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The observer effect yeah. Yeah. changes the behavior. That's yeah. the yeah. nature of that kind of multi-threading <laughs> stuff. That's right. Oh, That's man. Right. 
But, well, uh, anyway, we're, we're liking the way JavaScript looks these days, and every time I see async await, I think, yep, I feel very proud yeah. to have, you know. No, there's some, there's some fun stuff uh, going on in, in uh, and like, I, I think another feature that I think is, um, well, this is a type system feature, but the work that we've done on uh, non-nullable types in, uh, yeah. in TypeScript 2.0 and, 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 and then taking that further with, because we now have control flow based type analysis and now we can start doing interesting things like discriminated union types and, and basically, in a sense, get some of the paradigms of functional programming in, in JavaScript, you know, mm -hmm. like pattern matching and exhaustiveness checking on, on on uh, data structures, and you know, so it's it's there's some really cool stuff there. Um, uh, so so that's yeah. been a, that's been a lot of fun to work on. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. And I guess typing, it's all about the typing problems when you talk about a dynamic language like JavaScript, right? Like, I've been I've been having conversations with folks who are saying, well, why would I choose JavaScript over C sharp? And 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 part of that conversation has always been, look, you can build quality software either way. But there are rules you need to follow when you're living in, in a space like JavaScript versus a space like C Sharp. They're different. Living in a static land, there's certain things you just get from your compiler, and you have to build constructs to deal with those kinds of validations if you're going to live in JavaScript. Yeah, I, I, I think you know JavaScript is is an interesting amalgam of wonderful stuff and terrible stuff. Right? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Um, and some of the terrible stuff now, luckily, is very well understood. Mm -hmm, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's very well understood what are the faults of JavaScript and how can we walk, work around them and, and, you know, static checkers like TypeScript and Flow and what, what, what the, the, the other options that are out there can, can pretty much find all of those mm -hmm. issues. Um, yeah. But, and that means that you get to explore more of the wonderfulness of the language. And right. there really is, you know, the one thing that Brendan Eich got very right, I think, in the design of JavaScript, it's its treatment of functions, mm -hmm. which is entirely first class. It, it, it truly, you know, the ability to treat functions as objects, pass them around as parameters, mm -hmm. and for functions to make closure over outer local variables, mm -hmm. is this is the bread and butter of, of functional programming. And right. it's in there and it's done right. Um, and that means you can explore uh, styles of programming that, that, are, that are really quite modern. Hmm. Um, and that's, I think, is part of what powers all of the uh, enthusiasm around JavaScript. Now, the, the other thing I would say is that it is very, very friction-free, you know, mm -hmm. like, I mean... To, to to, almost to a fault. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, like Jason, right? Jason mm -hmm. is JavaScript, and right. so the, the right. notion of serializing some data is like, you just call what, json.stringify, and boom, done, right? Mm -hmm. And json.parse, yeah. you get it back, and it's super, super simple. So, so, so there's a bunch of good stuff there. There really is. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And if you combine that then with, with, a, with a static type system that truly understands yeah. JavaScript's types, it's, and, and, and that's actually sort of the thing that's been interesting about working on TypeScript is, A, you know, exploring this concept of gradual typing, yeah. which is new. Gradual typing? Well, which means not everything is typed, right? <laughs> I mean, and, and you start from no types at all, and you can go all the way up to everything is typed, but you can also be in the middle. Like, typing has always been a switch. It's either on or off. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Either dynamic, and everything has one type called an object or right. whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Option, or, option explicit, anyone? Or option everything explicit, is yeah. strongly typed, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but there's an interesting space in the, in the middle that, that, that we're exploring with, 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 with TypeScript, right? And, 
And the other thing is like trying to build a type system that truly reflects the nature of, of JavaScript, right? Which, right. which which really is what we are a formalization of JavaScript's type system, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that, yeah. that tools can reason about. And that has been that has been a, a fun journey too. And uh, yeah. Um, Anders, please give us just one moment here to to pay the bills. This episode of .NET Rocks is made possible in part by Windows on the Google Cloud platform. What? Isn't this a .NET show? Yeah. .NET runs on the Google Cloud platform, man. Everything in .NET? You bet. All the .NET core libraries and more, including 200-plus Google.com and cloud services. Hey, John Skeet's behind it. He's a genius. The John Skeet? The Rescue the Princess John Ski from Stack Overflow? <laughs> yeah, the one and only. You can deploy your ASP.NET Windows apps to Compute Engine or your ASP.NET Core apps to App Engine or Container Engine, which is Google's hosted Kubernetes environment, and it runs like, well, Google. But what about Visual Studio integration? Oh, it's there. I'm reading it now. You can use Visual Studio to manage your GCP resources and deploy your existing apps. Yep. You can get stack driver logging, error reporting, and tracing support for .NET and .NET Core. Also, there are PowerShell commandlets for GCP, which run on Windows and Linux. And if you need help, there are a great set of partners to get workloads to GCP, including Capgemini, Nudesic, and Magenic. So go to gcp.netrocks.com and get your free trial today. .NET on Google. Who knew? And you're listening to .NET Rocks. Carl and Richard here at Build, talking to the one and only uh, Anders Halsberg. Thank you so much for coming on mm -hmm. the show, sir. Yes. The uh, So, I mean, uh, you see TypeScript. Of course, there's Flow. There's other tools around this. It's just like, we own the type system. We're going we're gonna to deal with this problem for you. Mm -hmm. So it's just a, a natural extension onto JavaScript. Well, that was always the, uh, the sort of core design idea of TypeScript was, what can we do to add those things to JavaScript that are missing mm -hmm, for right. large-scale app development. Yeah. And right? also without interfering in With, what the but, programmer's but, trying but, to do. It, but, but do it in a manner that fully preserves the ethos and, yeah. <laughs> and gestalt of JavaScript, right. right? I mean, it has to be cross-platform. It has to be open source. It has to run everywhere. Yeah. It's not enough to be for JavaScript. You have to be of JavaScript, nice. if you will, right? <laughs> and so so we built TypeScript in itself. Right. And that means that our compiler and our entire tooling pipeline runs everywhere that JavaScript runs. You can run our compiler on your phone. Right. And, and, I I've, mean, heard, and, and I've heard and that so said about C Sharp. You know, when you did Roslyn, you rewrote C Sharp and C Sharp. Yes. Now there's there's a nice little like. Uh, it, it well, there's nothing <laughs> like dog fooding, but, but, but <laughs> it's like meta but, dog food. But yeah. it's not just that. I I think it's also when you're. You you know the people who. Build the tools mm -hmm. if they are of a different breed yes. than the people who use yes, the tools, yeah, yeah. then it's much harder for them to have a conversation yeah, about yeah, yeah. things, I, right? I, I because they have different vocabularies and they, and so there's always like friction, right? Sure, and sure. so you gotta just relentlessly eliminate friction yeah. if you wanna build best of breed, right? Yeah. Then that, that's- It makes sense. That's basically, you know. So when you talk, but when you talk about building TypeScript with TypeScript, like what's the first piece that exists so that you can start building the next piece on top of it? Well, the, the, the way the whole project came about, we actually went through three generations of code bases. Uh, we started in the very first 
code base was really, well actually four, I, I should say. The, the, the first one was just take the parser out of the Chakra execution engine mm -hmm. that was in IE and just mm -hmm. bang on it a little bit to, to understand some type annotations. Mm -hmm. and then quickly we realized, well, we're not going to be, we're not going to want to write these compilers in, in C++ or, or, you know, whatever yeah. the, 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 the Chakra engine is written in, right? So we're going to want to try and write it in JavaScript. And so we wrote a first generation uh, compiler. There was the 08 compiler. Um, that, uh, that, that, that appeared in like 2012. Yeah, that was the one that we, sh that we shipped in 2012. Was it Luke yeah. Hoban? Luke Hoban was our, uh, our PM at the time, mm -hmm. our, our, our product manager, and Steve Luco worked on, uh, on this. He's another one of the technical fellows at, at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. he, 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 he wrote a lot of the code in, in that compiler. Um, then we decided that we should write a real compiler, you know, and, 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 and we actually had a bunch of people who came from the C-sharp team that started working on the, on the compiler. And so they, we basically wrote what amounts to a C-sharp-like compiler, right? Hmm. It was written yeah, as yeah. classes, and we yeah. used, just like in Roslyn, we used some auto-generated parsing tools and whatever. And so before you knew it, you... You had 25,000 lines of auto-generated code before you'd even started, right? <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and so so that compiler became bigger than we wanted it to be. And, and slower that's the than 08 we wanted. Time that's frame. the 09, uh, and that, that one shipped as the, as the 09 series, uh, and then 1.0 was that compiler. Okay. Right? And then... That's 2014. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, twenty twelve or thirteen, actually, yeah. twenty thirteen. So, oh wait, yeah, I've, yeah. I've kept notes. Uh, oh, you <laughs> have. Okay. So oh, okay. October well, twenty twelve. Yes. I've got it as April twenty fourteen for okay. for dot one, but one point oh. But one point oh. No, yeah. you're you're probably right. Then. Yeah, but we that. had we had the O nine uh, releases right. in, in twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, I found this quote. You should you'll appreciate this. This nope. is from this is from Luke. He said, "Yeah, CoffeeScript is to Ruby." as TypeScript is to Java C-sharp. Mm. Did you get an inspiration from CoffeeScript? Oh, I see what, what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, what you say? Well, yes and no. I, I think CoffeeScript, the one thing where we, there, there are two places where we dramatically differ from, uh, from CoffeeScript. One is that we are a superset of JavaScript, mm -hmm. not an alternative syntax right. for JavaScript, right. right? And that means much more reusability. Yes, right? absolutely. And the second thing is that we are we're a statically typed programming language. CoffeeScript is just as dynamic as JavaScript. Sure. So, mm -hmm. so, the, so there's really none of this higher level type analysis that we can do and statement completion and refactoring and none of that you mm. can do with CoffeeScript either. It's really just a more succinct syntax for JavaScript. Yeah. Um, which I think has only has so many legs. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, well, I, I think, you know, the we're results of proven out that, 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 yeah. that we, we, we certainly, there's, there's a lot more meat on the bone yeah. when you get into static typing and type analysis and, and tools being able to reason about the code and help you maintain right. these larger sure. code bases. And I also appreciate you're taking an approach where an update to JavaScript doesn't throw you into a tailspin to have to rebuild everything, like the, that you're, you're not trying to be in front of where JavaScript's right. going all right. the time. Right, right, right. No, quite the opposite, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, 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 can, you can happily live with whatever paradigm you've used in JavaScript. In fact, JavaScript, as I said earlier, you know, has, has, has 
is very true to some of the core principles of functional programming. And a lot of people mm -hmm. write yeah, yeah. in this functional style in, in JavaScript. And right. now with classes, you can also write in the OOP style, and mm -hmm. you can write in a hybrid style. And in fact, to, to close back on what I was talking about, the, the, the sort of progression of compilers, mm -hmm. um, we then started getting interested in that functional style of, of programming. Now that we had a compiler that was written as sort of a classic OOP compiler, we started experimenting with writing sort of a lighter weight compiler where we used more JSON-esque data structures, <laughs> if you will, lighter mm -hmm. weight data structures with, with, without code intermingled in them and then functions that operate on these data structures. And it turns out that this, this last generation of compiler, which is the code base that we're on now, ended up being five times smaller and five times faster wow. than, the, than the OOP based compiler. Impressive. Um, and has, has scaled really, really wonderfully for us. So, and that's the code base we're on now. So right. it's actually a large piece of functional programming. There's not a single class in our, in our compiler. The type checker is a 25,000 line function with a lot wow. of functions <laughs> inside of it. Wow. But its state is simply right. local variables that yeah. are closed over by the inner functions, right? And, it's, yeah. and that's how you get perfect isolation of state in JavaScript. So there are some interesting techniques that's there a, that are very different. You that's know, gold that, right that, there, what you just said. That, uh, mm. that you get to explore uh, in, in that universe. Well, <laughs> what I, I, and you hear this over and over again in the functional world, right? That you, you have this moment of insight where you're simply able to express what is a fairly complicated concept, like walking through the type validations of somebody's code in a functional way that is re-entrant and iterative and, and suddenly it's a lot less code and it's much faster, but it's good at this thing. I, I guess the real question is how readable is it? Because often oh, some I, of uh, my favorite well, functional stuff is tough. Well, to, it's all open source, so you could bring it we up right here and start it. looking <laughs> at it. I'd be happy to take you through a tour. It's, I find it quite readable mm -hmm. and, and the yeah. team does too, I think. Yeah. Uh, but but I mean, but type checkers are complex beasts, yes. right? I mean, you and, have and, to and, enjoy and, that and not and very few of us have had decades of experience writing I, type checkers. I, and I, I think in particular the thing that makes this type checker both complex but also interesting is that it is it implements a structural type system, not a nominal type system. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, in, in C Sharp and Java, everything is nominal. And nominal means that that you are, you are compatible, one type is compatible with another type only if it is, has the same name. That those are, those are the... That's really know, the that's validation. It. That's right. it. You know, yeah. if I go and write a class that is literally the same as another class, those two classes are not the same. Right. right. Because they don't have the same name. Right. right? In a structural type system, they are the same. Mm -hmm. Right. There's no difference between my declaration of this interface and your de declaration and the other guy's declaration. Right. If they have the same members, they are compatible. Now, that actually brings about a, a bunch of wonderful uh, qualities. One is that you don't have to say that you implement an interface. You right. just do by having whatever the members that protocol constitutes. One right? of the wonderful um, benefits we find first when using JSON. Right, right, yeah. exactly. So, so it lowers the, the, the friction yep. dramatically, but it makes the, the life much harder for the type checker because in a nominal type system, yep. hey, I, I need to figure out, is this type the same as this type? Well, I don't know, are their names the same? Yeah, well, then they are, otherwise they're not. You yeah, know, yeah. Or <laughs> some simple rules about like, does this inherit from the other? You can implement that and it can be very fast. Yes. Mm -hmm. In a structural type system, it's like, well, I don't know. 
Let's, let's, walk let's down start the walking down tree. the properties. Yeah. But oh, but the properties have recursive uh, right. references to generic instantiations of the same type, but with different type <laughs> arguments. And in fact, in fact, as you keep pulling, they keep making new types, and you'll never stop. And now you stare into the abyss right. of, right. of structural yeah, I need me generics. Some you know, right here. many, many uh, a computer scientist yes. has died on those shores. Uh, that's and, why Don Syme looks like no, that. No, no, no. Oh, Luca Cardelli and like all of yeah, those those guys. They've been there. They know. They, they know. I've it's seen like you can the only abyss. stare for so long. <laughs> now wait a minute. So they're gonna need. A bigger whiteboard. <laughs> so, so trying to tame that beast is uh, yeah. is an interesting exercise, and trying to build in recursion stoppers and right. like uh, all the, like reasoning about, and you can't think about it too much, or your head just right. explodes. Yeah, you know? no but it, but 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 when you succeed, it is particularly pleasing. <laughs> I will say. So yeah, <laughs> you bet. Well, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is uh, now? It must be that happy time again. Yes. It's time to ask a hypothetical question. <laughs> if Anders is the father of C-sharp, who was the mother? Hmm. Perhaps it was reverse immaculate conception. <laughs> I was going to say sudden sud <laughs> microsystems, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's immaculate it just doesn't sound right. right. I don't it's know about that. My mother says, <laughs> I go blind if I look at stuff like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> that and the recursive nature of type checking. <laughs> You'll go for years. It's actually time to give away a D-Experience subscription from DevExpress to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next-generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an Office-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial at devexpress.com slash superhero. All right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is Glenn Little. Congratulations, Glenn. Yes. I'll clap for you, sir. I'll clap for you, sir. And Glenn just won the D Experience subscription, a big pile of awesome from our friends at DevExpress, just for being a member of the .NET Rocks fan club. And if you don't know what that is, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer <laughs> a few questions, and join the fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. Every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of said fan club, but you got to sign up to win. And we also ask our guests, Anders, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology, and this ought to be good, mm. <laughs> what do you think you'd buy today? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh man, I don't know. There's, Toy there's, don't you have? We're going actually, shopping. What are we getting? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know. Would you like a holographic? You know, Cortana? I'm not really, I'm not really a big technology geek. I, I like, I, I sort of more like, I just like a nice laptop that really nice. with a nice keyboard and yeah. a beautiful HD screen. You know, yeah. like preferably an OLED screen that's just beautiful to look at. Because that's where I spend my life. Yeah, yeah right. sure. exactly. I yeah. mean, and, and and so so that gives me pleasure. You yeah. know, infinite but, battery but, life but, and no weight. Sure, perfect contrast. Sure. You're not into yeah. like a multi. 
multi-core desktop. I don't you do know, games. To crunch I don't numbers. do. Nope, nope, no. nope, nope. I don't. I don't just, really. You know, I just I, work off a laptop. I mean, even yeah. at the beginning of my career, I, I I never really liked playing games, but I liked writing games. I yeah, wrote a bunch of Star Wars <laughs> games and awesome. whatever because it was fun to work on the graphics, yeah, you know. Yeah. And then, but but they were good math but, problems. But then once you've written it, it was kind of like, yeah, there's no fun playing. Do you, it, you ever you know, do you ever write games for your kids? Um, I've uh, my my oldest son was into Scratch for a little while there, mm-hmm. and we we played with that. You know, that they sort of like this blockly thing where you can snap together. And we built some two right. D games, you know, two and a half D games. And, yeah, and that was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was more fun, actually, to set him off and yeah, then yeah, see yeah, him yeah. like Watch the, his creativity. Oh, oh, I know what I could do, and then I could do this. And so yeah, yeah. I remember one Christmas that um, it was when PCs were getting to the point where you could actually embed video in a Windows app right. and have it work, you know? Back when they called that multimedia. Multimedia, <laughs> yes. I wrote a, an app for my daughter to play Crazy Eights with her. Hmm. And I recorded myself video having reactions for every fi- all 52 cards in the deck, and then plus some random phrases and things. So, you know, you did the Crazy Eights thing, the yeah, card yeah. came up, and then I would oh. say something, oh, you know, like... Cute. You really like want to play again? Oh. The Jack of Spades. Where were you hiding that? You know, like all these things. It was just such a cool thing That's to fun. do. That's fun. You yeah. know? But anyway, yeah. I digress. It's, yeah, it's one thing to make software. It's another thing to make software for people who make software. Yeah. To, to make it make, be what, sorry? Yeah, for, you make software to help all of us make software. Yeah. Like, I think right. it's a very, and you talk about this idea that I felt like for a long time, Microsoft primarily had C++ programmers. They were making tools for non-C++ programmers. Right. And it was that, that the schism. And, mm. and now to have, you know, you know C-sharp written in C-sharp, TypeScript written in TypeScript, it's this idea that we're, we're much more similar than we used to be. Although you seem to in, enjoy writing static type chapters, which frightens me. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I did that in school once, got a C, and moved on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're not that we're we're not really that different from no. from uh, from other programmers. We're programmers too, right? Yeah, and we right. we I mean, I I've eaten so much dog food in the last <laughs> right. five years, right? <laughs> I mean, I work every day in Visual Studio Code, and right. I'm yeah. writing TypeScript in TypeScript. So, right. like, I I I whenever there's something not right, I I'm one of the first right. to know about it too, yeah. right? Yeah, so, right? Yeah. So it's it's great, and I've also loved the. Uh, the open source, the whole open source workflow has just yeah. been so much fun, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So for me, this has sort of been a return to my roots of, like, writing a lot of code, sure, and being very close to the people who are using your product. Mm-hmm. Sure, then you know, and then is that that I think is 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 just that's what keeps me still doing it. Right. Yeah. 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 It's a, in some ways, I feel like you don't have a lot to prove. You've you've kind of got these amazing successes and milestones along the way, but you're clearly having a good time. I am so having a good time. Is it yeah. just living in GitHub? There's always having access and conversations with the folks that are using the tools? I think it's it's just very pleasing that you see a bug report, you go, oh, that's odd. Let me just right. you, you know, quickly figure out what it is. You can turn around. Now it almost becomes a sport to see yeah. how right. quick can you turn this around, right? I mean, and like have a fix up within an hour right. that goes into the <laughs> nightly build, right? And boom, and people are just shocked. So, you know, Ed Halsberg read my bug report <laughs> no, but and fixed but it. But it's fun. It's so I, here's fun. a question. I mean, I love, and, it, it, and, yeah, and the love that comes out of that oh, is yeah, just, no it's kidding. very... Everybody's excited. I mean, I think it's very energizing, mm-hmm. you know, for, and it's not just for me, it's for the whole team, right? I mean, 
we can tell because we're so close to our users sure. yeah. that yeah. we can really tell that they appreciate the yeah, work that we're doing. And, and that's really what we all want at the end of the day. It's we want people to appreciate our work, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, do, you, so. do you turn your notifications off at the dinner table? Oh, because I can't imagine. Well, yeah, I can't imagine. I, I, I definitely dial. It's dialed down to the lowest <laughs> level. I like, no, no. I'm sorry, honey. I gotta fix it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I don't gotta do that. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but generally, I mean, we, we a lot of bugs. We turn around in one day. Wow. Um, and yeah, our yeah. nightly build. And that I think that's the other thing that's fun about this project is that we maintain these very high quality standards. So, so we never take poll requests unless all 55,000 tests pass and that's automated and wow. you know we have both Travis and Jenkins CI servers running on on uh, hooked to our, our GitHub uh, repo right mm -hmm. so yeah. so we never take a pull request unless everything's good it and, starts yeah. with and everything if it's passes. a new feature it's got to come with new tests right yep and that means the nightly build is pretty much always rock solid wow. and we have yeah. a huge majority of our community just using the nightly build and that means in turn that we're perpetually in beta really yeah, sure. and shipping is really just a matter of snapping a, a branch you know and, yep. and calling it a release right yeah just giving it a name and so yeah. so that's great too is is like but the only way this all of this is only possible if you set yourself up the right way right, right? i mean right. but then once you do then you can start delivering all this yeah customer satisfaction yeah. if you will right yeah, and that yeah. that's I'm, look, that's, I'm that, looking that's at the contribution list from 2014 to 2017 for TypeScript and wow. oddly enough you're at the top <laughs> but uh, but also a lot I mean over 200 almost 300 contributors oh, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, no, you, you are you, you are taking contributions oh, from the community absolutely hmm. I mean the team I mean we have a team of of programmers whose day job is to work on it. So obviously yes, the, the main that. body of the work comes from our team. Mm -hmm. But there are there are certainly medium sized I wouldn't say huge features, but there are medium sized and, and then lots of small features that we take from the community. And often those are just as pleasing to 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 everybody. It's like, hey, I just need these blockers removed and then I can integrate it with Webpack or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Let's go for it. Yeah, yeah. we'll take that. Nice. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's also been all that huge community around TypeScript for all the other libraries, so that folks that want to use stuff, it's like works with TypeScript. Yeah, it's. I, I think the thing that um, that really probably was the most eye-opening to me about about the whole open source experience was after we shipped TypeScript, then the community sort of grokked the fact that you can write these declaration files for existing JavaScript frameworks and mm. then get a better experience when you're when you're using them. Um, and so so without any effort on our part, the open source community set up a, a GitHub site called Definitely Typed and started collecting all of these declaration files. And there are now more than 3,000 declaration files in wow, there that wow. cover every major JavaScript framework. Wow. Um, and in the 2.0 releases of, uh, of TypeScript, we wanted, it was actually so overwhelming to a lot of people. And it's like, and how do I get the types and where, where, how am I supposed to lay them down on my machine? And so, so, so there was sort of all of this flood of, of, of activity that, that, that almost became too much. And so we, we spent some quality time thinking through the best way to, to organize and deliver all of this wonderful type information, which mm -hmm. we've now done. And, and so we now run a, a service in the cloud that 
basically has a web, web hook on, on, uh, on definitely typed. And whenever a pull request goes into definitely typed, we automatically snap a copy of, of the repo and rebuild all of the changed yeah. packages or, de or, or uh, uh, declaration files. And then we package them as NPM packages in an at types namespace. Hmm. So now on NPM, you can simply go to at types and you'll see there's like more than 3,000 and they, you know. Wow. And, but even better, if you're using, say, Lodash, which doesn't come with its own d.ts file, you can just go and look at at type slash lodash, and there's a one-to-one -one mapping between the names, right? Oh, yeah, and so yeah. it is trivially simple to find these types. <laughs> In fact, it's so trivially simple that we can now auto-provision them so when you're coding in JavaScript, for example, and we can see in your node modules folder that, oh, you're using jQuery and Lodash and Express or what have you, yeah. then we can just go consult at types on NPM. Oh, yeah, there's types. Well, let's lay them down. Yeah. And, and now you get statement completion in JavaScript <laughs> off of that awesome. for free. Right? Wow. Anders, what's your number one pet peeve about JavaScript? Decimal? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've no. hung around with Doc Croc Doug Crockford enough. We, we've, we've heard some grumpy talk. No, I think it's probably sort of the, the whole treatment around global variables and, and sort yeah. of scope leakage and, and whatever yeah. is, is very unfortunate. And this notion that you, you can put properties on the window object and they mm -hmm. show up in your global scope. And they, yeah. they, that, that's, that's bad. That's not so good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like I said, it, it, I don't really know of any egregious issues that we can't find with uh, with with a good type checker right yeah. you know? so so all of that stuff I, I think we we we've we've got it covered so using typescript sort of shields you from making those oh, mistakes I, absolutely no yeah. that that's part of it right yeah. and, but i think that's really just sort of like the entry level yeah, yeah, yeah. thing that we did but then but then you know the the thing that typescript really delivers is this wonderful productivity you get from having statement completion code navigation yeah. safe refactorings and you know right. like and the ability for the ide to reason about what it is you're doing yeah. that's you know that's like that's huge that's, you, you that's can't huge. live without that once you once you've tried it right arguably the most famous typescript project now is angular Angular is definitely a big one. Uh, you know, there was a there was a great uh, blog post by uh, one of the engineering leads at Slack about how Slack converted all of their yeah. JavaScript assets to TypeScript. So, I saw so that. their so their main app is now uses TypeScript for its front end. Wow. Um, In fact, that was going to be my better know framework that article, mm -hmm. but I thought the ghost pepper joke was funnier. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll include a link to the TypeScript at Slack. Yeah. But it's well worth reading. But, yep. but I will say also that, um, yes, we work very closely with the Angular team. Mm -hmm, uh, we yeah. have great partnership with them. But that does not mean that TypeScript is just for Angular. We no. really try to bend over backwards to work well with whatever framework you pick out there. Because sure. we full well understand that this is a, this is a very dynamic and fast-moving community. And mm. there are new frameworks coming online all the time. Yeah. And, and, if, and if we can see this this particular framework picking up speed, you know, we're going we're gonna to make sure that we have a, a good experience. So React, for example, mm -hmm. yeah. is another very popular framework. And React uses JSX markup, and we did a bunch of work to support JSX in TypeScript and to support it in a typed manner where you actually get type checking for your JSX and refactoring on your JSX and an understanding of all the attributes on a JSX component 
that are strongly typed and code completion in them yeah. and all this good stuff. Very right? nice. Mm -hmm. And we've, um, another up and coming framework is Vue.js. Yep. We've done some work in TypeScript 2.3 to make uh, the experience in Vue better. So, so we're always on that ball, you know. Yeah. We, we, we need to do a show on Vue. We need to do a yeah, show yeah. on Vue. Yeah, we've we've had been a, remiss about we've that. We've had a, a few, few comments of folks going, yeah, uh -huh. I haven't done anything on Vue yet. Yeah. But right. uh, yeah. I've also been wildly impressed by D3.js. Uh -huh. Just like their whole canvas. Like just extraordinarily beautiful things being made sure. in JavaScript yeah. these sure. days. Sure, uh, It's just, a, it's a, you know, no, there's a lot of good stuff out there. There really yeah. is. It's, it's, it's remarkable. It's more know, than anyone can consume in their <laughs> yeah, lifetime. Totally, yeah. yeah. Well, and, it's, you know, if you're, and if you're carrying around the scars of Netscape 2.11 LiveScript, uh, you know, you've, you're, you're holding yourself back. It's not that JavaScript anymore. No, no, it's it, not. It really it's not. isn't. It, it, it has grown up. It, it really has. Yep. Do you see, I mean... There was a, a few years ago, there was kind of this explosion of languages. It's not just F-sharp, but it was all these other languages sort of got a, a boost. It's like we were feeling around for something. And I feel like it's starting to pile back in again. That the, well, they're, they're not well, gone away, but folk, people yeah. are focusing on a few. I think C-sharp's got some traction. I, certainly JavaScript has lots of traction. Uh, I love what's happening in the functional space with folks like Elixir, Erlang, and so forth. What do you see? You, you look at this a lot. Yeah, I, I, I think it goes in waves. You know, there was like, you go back, now I've been doing this for long enough that mm -hmm. I've seen some of these waves, right? But if you and go back to the, the early and mid 90s when, when Java first came out, yes. and it literally flattened the landscape, yes. right? Everything yeah. was going to be Java. They, mm -hmm. My God, there was even a Java fund down in Silicon Valley <laughs> that was going to fund only startups that used Java, right? right. right. <laughs> I mean, it had 100 million bucks in it, you wow. know, it was yeah. crazy. Um, and and really, a whole like a lot of programming language research just went sideways just at stopped. that point because yeah. everyone you know just sort of like I, I remember having conversations at boredom. Oh, we should just give up and it's all going to be Java. We're we're dead, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. And of course we weren't because no. the way this industry makes forward progress is by people trying new things, mm -hmm. right? And the best way to try new things is to to <laughs> create new languages, right? right? Um, yeah where you're not encumbered by backwards compatibility mm -hmm. right. and, and whatever, it's a green field. Uh, those are always yep. fun. Um, now, of course, a lot of them don't survive, but that's par for the course, you right. know, but, but, but we learn from, from them, you mm -hmm. know, and it, so I think it's wonderful to see, like, there's new stuff happening, like a language like Rust, for example, right. that's, that's, ex that, that's experimenting with, like, memory management by type system, right? Hmm. Where, where you track ownership of pointers and whatever, and, and they're, certain, they're certainly on the bleeding edge, and it's- I it, haven't it heard of Rust. Complex, oh really? You know, it's yeah, from I'm Mozilla. gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but this is, how, this is how the industry moves forward. Right, right, you know? right. And right. So, it's, so it's healthy, it's good, and we need that, you know. And, they, and there's a group of people that like to explore and like to press against those edges, and the folks who have to ship software for others, Observe, yeah. and, mm. and it's always a challenge to pick the moment, you know, like when, when to jump in. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, and we there are a lot of good options today. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 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 you know what we have out there is not schlocky. No, uh, yeah. you know, so so yeah. and it, it it yeah, and it's easier to reach reach who's doing what work and where they're going. Like I just feel like we're in a, a wonderful time in terms of your it's ability to explore. It's very dynamic right yeah. now. Mm. It's it's very yeah. There's there's a lot happening. It's yeah. uh, I think we had great. the good fortune, you know. 
although maybe not intentionally, we got to follow all of F Sharp because I found Don Symes' original papers years ago, and he yep. was actually waxing poetic about the fact that he could use the Visual Studio environment as a host so he didn't have to deal with an editor and things like that and he could do language mm -hmm. experiments very mm -hmm. quickly yeah. and those early experiments eventually turned into F sharp right. but I just think that today it's those kinds of tools it's like anybody yeah. who has a good idea can explore with a language and mm -hmm. doesn't have this huge barrier of entry yeah yeah well yeah, yeah. it doesn't it it doesn't hurt that software is mm -hmm. eating the world, right? I mean, yeah, so, so there's yeah. just tremendous demand for, for, for software in right. like spaces where software never went before, right? That's right? I mean, in all of the machine learning and AI and that, that's, yeah. that's happening, you know, it's... it's I, I wonder if we're going to need more new languages around those spaces. Um, possibly, although we can't forget too that machine learning in, in, in many ways is really more about applied math and statistics, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I, than, I have than, a, all the respect in the world for R as the programming, as a good way you know, to express so, it. So, but yes, no doubt there will be, there will be mm. new paradigms in mm -hmm. those spaces as well. But, but then there's also like deep learning that's based on neural networks where mm -hmm. we, right. <laughs> I mean, we don't really even understand how right. the answers come out of these neural networks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really quite yeah, bizarre, right? It's disturbing. So bizarre, yeah. 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 We're back yeah. to our quantum computing problem, yes, right? We are. <laughs> I used yeah. to write multi-threaded code. Now I do deep learning. Yeah. Either way, yeah. Yeah. it's a black box. Right. Well, Anders, thank you very much for talking to us. It's always a pleasure to talk. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. Thanks for geeking out with us today. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My pleasure. All right. We'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Pwop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a